Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. I haven't done a radio show directly on narcissists for a little while and this is one of those shows. And it's sort of interesting because my son Zach said to me, Mum, you haven't actually done a show specifically on narcissistic supply. And which is sort of really surprising after all the other information I have done. So that's what this radio show is about. So we hear these words, narcissistic supply a lot, and we may have even realized that narcissists need narcissistic supply and they orientate their life around it. But what does it really mean? The truth is in fact quite chilling and it is essential to understand. Narcissistic supply is a drug. It provides an emotional life force for the narcissist. And like all drugs, narcissistic supply is chased for pain relief. Like all addictions, it's actually the relief from the pain that is addictive. That's what addicts people to things. Addictions are a short-term answer to being able to relieve oneself from emotional or physical pain. And the truth is, emotional pain is often the most horrendous of all pains. And emotional pain is actually felt somatically in the body. It actually has a very real physical component to it. And the reason why it is usually more painful than physical pain is due to the self-annihilating beliefs about oneself that tend to accompany emotional pain. And I discussed that in my recent article, How to Deal with Your Emotional Pain the Right Way in Order to Grow and Expand. Traditionally, all addictions are usually to escape emotional pain. And the horrendous accompanying self-definitions of I am worthless, defective and no good. That's why I'm in emotional pain and I don't like that about myself. Now any energy that is sought from the outside to escape the fear of self is unwholesome. And this, all it can ever do is generate more pain. So such is the truth of a sex addict who procures sex to avoid inner pain, or an alcoholic, or a gambler, or a person engaged in any other addictive pursuit. Now, like most addicts, the narcissist has to mask the addiction in order to get the supply. He or she doesn't show up expressing to people the authentic truth, which is, I can't stand being alone with myself. I need you to provide me with something, anything that takes me away from my inner self-annihilating self. In stark contrast, 
the narcissist shows up striving to create a persona of confidence, charm and empowerment in order to hook people for narcissistic supply. The narcissist's inclination towards addiction is horrific. All addicts have a reduced threshold to self-soothe, meaning to be with self to process emotional disruption and insecurities. Because this takes emotional maturity, it takes an inner solidness, which is reliant on healthy emotional development. Emotional intelligence is granted from healthy role models as a child or it's self-created purposefully as a result of inner emotional resolution work and development as an adult. It's something that adults can choose to up-level their lives with. Now the narcissist is emotionally stunted somewhere between the age of three to seven years of age, which is what most uh, neuron specialists and, and uh, brain specialists believe, and psychologists. And even though the narcissist may be even mentally brilliant in certain aspects, emotionally he or she is severely retarded and has never developed. At a young age, the narcissist killed off his or her inner self, decided it was unacceptable and unable to get needs met and developed a false self replacement. This false self, because it is a false self, is not real, authentic or stable. It's a childish, fictitious character, ever reliant on outside approval or attention. Because it's childish, it's dependent precarious and easily triggered. It does not possess the mature integrity of love, truth or loyalty. The false self is dependent on gaining validation that confirms its existence. This external validation is sought so that the narcissist can avoid sinking inside him or herself to feel the truth of how the narcissist really feels about his or her existence, which is the real me is a defective self that I despise and need to avoid at all costs. The narcissist's inner being, the true self, is damaged. When the cracks appear and the insane behavior begins, this is the real person that you meet. The inner self is the festering accumulated wounds that the narcissist has tried to divorce him or herself from by procuring narcissistic supply as the distraction. These are original wounds that have never been healed. The literal abuse, neglect and or mixed messages from childhood. The ineffective parental mirroring that did not allow the child to grow up with a sense of connection, safety, dependability, accepting and understanding limits, learning the ability to be resilient and self-soothe, which also created the inability to understand a peripheral of others, have a conscience or empathy, or know a reverence and love for self, others and life itself. 
This is the basis of all addictive behaviour. A separation from self-worth, self-love and the ability to emotionally navigate life healthily. If an individual does not have the inner resources to be with themselves and emotionally self-soothe, then they will look for that from the outside world. The narcissist pays the ultimate price of the disowned and inner self replaced by the false self, the ego. When the emotional going gets tough, the narcissist discovers he or she has only a shriveled inner being at the helm. And this defective, disowned inner being is defenseless in trying to fend off the self-annihilating inner critic who confirms the narcissist's gravest nightmare. You are totally defective. The narcissist does not feel connected to and loved and accepted by existence. He or she is suffering the ultimate spiritual starvation, which is the basis of all trying to seek self in the wrong places, which means trying to gain a solidness and an inner peace from the outside. And this always brings about a feeling of unworthiness, scarcity-mindedness and the need to compete, the need to outsmart and the desire to win at the expense of someone else losing because of the beliefs of not-enoughness. I am not enough and there is not enough. Therefore, I have to be something inauthentic to try to win and everybody else does this in a dog-eat-dog world. That's the orientation of the narcissist. In the quest for narcissistic supply, people are reduced to objects. People are not individuals. They are a drug to relieve inner torment. The pathology of maladaptation to avoid the narcissist's inner wounds are so severe that these wounds are projected onto anyone else who is the target of supply. The narcissist honestly believes that the people that are being lined up for narcissistic supply are the people using the narcissist for narcissistic supply. And such is the twisted brain wiring, which is a buffer, it's a defense mechanism to preserve the narcissist's false self and avoid his or her inner self. Like all maladaptation, Created through fear and self-avoidance, there is a vicious self-perpetuating cycle. And this is the same for any addiction. The narcissist cycle is this. Inner anguish and self-loathing. Seeking relief from that through outside attention to confirm another reality, which is the fictitious false self then inevitably not receiving adequate feedback that confirms the childish unrealistic demands of the false self which means an emotional hairline trigger will get hit and then more narcissistic supply is necessary to offset that particular narcissistic injury which is actually all relating back to an inner core wound 
of inner anguish and self-loathing back to the starting point and the belief that my survival depends on other people's validation because of this damaged inner being. And the cycle goes on and on and on. And as you can see, the cycle is self-perpetuating with no way out. The very definition of addiction is this. When an urge or compulsion has emotional control over you. And the truth is narcissists feel powerless to control their urge to self-avoid and seek outside attention to try to offset inner pain. It's a force that they have no conscious control over, like a parasitical energy which has a life of its own. And the reality is there is virtually a complete energetic egoic takeover. The narcissist is not in control anymore. The ego is. A very, very good book to read to grant you more information regarding the psychic virus of an ego run amok is called Dispelling Wetico and it's by Paul Levy. Now the book is pretty heavy. It has a fair bit of psychobabble in it but nevertheless it is a powerful account of the disease of narcissism for people that really enjoy heavy information reads. It, it is a good read. Now, like addictions, and actually all problems, manifestations of problems, the true solution is consciousness. It is about humble and committed self-reflection, which an energized ego won't allow. Because the energized ego is operating through the logical mind, making up stories, looking to the outside world, creating incredibly believable accounts of why the problem is outside of me it's not inside of me consciousness is about addressing the core wounds that are fueling the inner pain and creating the urge to self-avoid and there truly is no other solution for breaking the cycle the addiction for the narcissist to narcissistic supply is simply a symptom of these wounds and it's how they show up in everyday physical life the, the real cause is so much more than an anxiety compulsion the anxiety compulsion is only the symptom the original wounds are the cause so what is narcissistic supply to a narcissist Quite simply, narcissistic supply is energy. It's attention. It's the knowing I can arouse attention from you if I can do that. It allows me to know that I exist. And this may seem really weird, but if we can imagine that the true self has been completely disowned and engulfed by a fictitious character, a false self, which has no real substance then we can imagine how the narcissist feels Sam Thackman describes this feeling as being dead on the inside I've had narcissists when I used to try to work on them with quantum freedom healing years ago unsuccessfully I've had them tell me in rare windows of narcissistic injury 
And what that meant was when something in their life had created such a severe shock that their ego had momentarily crumbled and you had access to the true self and the real wounds. These narcissists told me that they felt lifeless and like their inner self was a huge black gaping wound. That's what they described. The myth of vampires is modelled on narcissists. It's about the undead, beings not dead but certainly not alive, and needing to suck the lifeblood of humans in order to exist. I know it's creepy, but that is exactly what narcissists are. They need to suck energy and attention from people to feel alive, to know that they exist. And they need this distraction to try to drown out the inner screams of unworthiness and defectiveness that are always threatening to emotionally eat them alive. And this is why when a narcissist has targeted you as his or her drug dealer of narcissistic supply, you feel emptied out. Simply sitting with a person who is a psychic vampire regardless of the show that they're putting on, leaves you feeling emotionally drained and exhausted. Initially, narcissists are very good at reflecting back to you energy and making you believe that they are supplying you with wonderful energy, but it's set up to appear like that. And sooner or later, the tables are turned horrendously, as you more than likely have experienced. Narcissistic supply is all about this. I need you to supply me with a version of myself I want to be and to escape the real self-loathing dead inner version of myself. So this really means give me something that lets me know that I exist. Of course, approval and acclaim is wonderful. The problem is that this is sooner or later distrusted. The terminal issue is narcissists loathe themselves. They loathe the real person inside themselves, which is them. And consequently, they don't trust, believe or like anyone else either. The love that they feel for people that they can be so demonstrative about and so love-bomby about and so over-the-top about that love is only the high of temporary relief from inner torment. You're giving me so much relief from my inner torment right now, it makes me believe I love you. That's not love. And as a result, inevitably, the initial acclaim and the high of narcissistic supply, the approval, the drug, inevitably starts to wear off and in the narcissist's mind which is so persecutory and so distrusting it eventually starts saying why is this person so nice I know they are manipulating this person has an agenda they're not to be trusted they're setting me up to get something from me and that's how the narcissist starts feeling about loving attention so the very approval that the narcissist craves to escape his or her inner demons inevitably the narcissist sabotages it but this still creates narcissistic supply 
because the narcissist continues to avoid his or her inner self and the other person is blamed for the very pathologies that the narcissist suffers from. This person is lined up and conveniently scapegoated for the narcissist's painful, unresolved inner wounds that the narcissist terminally disowns, will not go to and will not take responsibility for. So the bad feelings have always got to be somebody else's fault. The goalposts get shifted. The narcissist starts poisoning and confusing and abusing. And the person who is loving the narcissist is clearly severely wounded and reacts. Now, intense attention is granted. Now we're talking about A-grade narcissistic supply. The narcissist receives the twisted delight in having his or her existence even more confirmed. I must be incredibly significant to reduce you to this level of reaction. In other words, all of this energy that you're doing right now, it confirms I exist. So many of us, before understanding narcissism, had no comprehension whatsoever as to why a narcissist would so carelessly and purposefully stir the pot. When we understand what the total goal is, which is gaining narcissistic supply, the attention that allows me to know I exist, we can understand that there is very little value to the narcissist in creating harmonious, nurturing, sane, peaceful lives. There is nowhere near enough drama in that to create diversions from being with self. And that is why it is so stock standard for narcissists to unexpectedly act out outrageous behavior after bouts of things going well. That's actually the cycle of abuse. And narcissists are famous for it. Things are going beautifully. Then there's the episode. Then there's the makeup of the episode, whichever party does it. Then there's the honeymoon period, which is, again, the drug of the avoidance of self, all the makeup, wonderful stuff, the new plans, the this, the that. Things settle into going nicely and calmly. And then, bang! the abuse episode happens again. That's what narcissists do. And why this has happened is because when things get too calm and stable, the narcissist starts sinking inwards to his or her wounds and needs to explode outwards away from them again. Please understand narcissistic supply is the use of any energy to know that they exist. And when you start pulling away, this could be any tactic you could imagine to try and get your energetic reaction to get a feed. And the most common is any contact the narcissist does to get your head ticking, like a cryptic message or text or something that doesn't make sense, anything. If the narcissist knows that he or she can screw with your mind, this alone grants them the feeling 
of I exist because I know I can affect you. Any attention you grant, anything at all, just sucks you in deeper and feeds the narcissist. Any energy you burn on, which is why he or she said that or did that or what the agenda could be or what is he or she really thinking and so on and so forth, physically, emotionally, mentally and psychically sucks you dry. And this isn't melodramatic. Because truly, if you are reading this article, there is every chance you know exactly what I mean. The feelings of being psychically taken over and parasitically violated energetically. When you think about a severely addicted drug addict, what are they capable of doing? Selling their child for a hit? One thing is for certain, the narcissist sold his or her soul out to serve the false self long ago. If you are connected to a narcissist, you are easily sold out as well. If you are not serving the false self adequately, and you never can, nobody and nothing can, not the most loving, attractive or intelligent person, not the latest and best car, not the greatest riches, not the plushest penthouse, nothing will ever cut it and you won't either. And it is inevitable that you're going to be devalued and discarded. Like most hardened drug addicts, narcissists have backup supplies. And after the initial idealization phase, which is, I love you so much because you give me such wonderful supply, it gives me the relief of my, from myself. That's what the love is. It's nothing more than that. After that phase starts to wear off, narcissists aren't getting the insatiable hit that they crave and they create supply and reserves. Other people, other situations, other ways to get narcissistic supply and that is without, there is no loyalty to you, there is no conscience and there is no backward glance. The name of the game is emotional survival and everything and everyone is simply an object to provide that. Each object of supply including people is sought to get relief then like an entitled, never appeased child, every object is abused, broken, and then tossed aside for another and another and another. The false self is insatiable and it is self-annihilating. And that's the purpose of the ego. It's a virus. It destroys everything in its path and ultimately it destroys its host. For the narcissist, nothing ever lasts. There is never any true commitment, love or loyalty. Everything is an object that will never make the grade or produce real and abiding self-love, self-acceptance and inner tranquility, which is everybody's reason for striving for anything in their life. That's the total unconscious, inbuilt DNA motivation is to accomplish those states. And the ultimate lesson for every human being is these deeply desired emotions are states. 
They are never things. They are not other people. They are not conditional on what we get or who we get. They are created by who we are being unconditionally as a state within ourselves. These states are deeply reliant and they can only be created by the connection and the relationship we have with our own inner being between us and ourselves. Now my purpose in discussing narcissists is not to put our focus on narcissists because I'm actually really anti using that as any sort of orientation to heal ourselves because that is not the answer to our woes. My purpose in discussing narcissists is to raise consciousness and in order to do that we can only ever take responsibility for our own consciousness. Consciousness is the ability to self-reflect, to meet self and to deeply work at the level of no longer am I going to focus on what has happened to me. I am going to deeply assess and confront why this has happened to me. Evolving our consciousness entails taking 100% radical personal responsibility. It's the understanding that there is only one thing we can ever affect and change, which is ourselves. And this is the only, only place where we have any power to become the change that we want to see in the world one person at a time. It has to start with self. There's no other place it can take place at. The more we point the finger to the outside at everyone else's unconsciousness and don't address our own consciousness levels simply means we contribute to unconsciousness. And I see this happen time and time again in the abuse recovery communities. An intense focus on narcissists and nowhere near enough personal self-reflection and development. We have no ability to change narcissists. And the truth is, if we don't work on raising our own consciousness, then we will continue to attract them and be damaged by them regardless of the logical information we know about them. Life's attractions, interactions and lessons are not being created at the level of the logical mind which is always looking outwards and it is intensely unconscious. Our personal life experience is being generated by the subconscious currents that drive our choices, attractions and encounters. And this is the 40 million bits of information that is being processed per second in your unconscious as the powerful generator of your life, not the mere 40 bits of information per second taking place in your logical mind. No one would logically choose a narcissist. And I promise you that you certainly didn't. And I didn't either. To become conscious, we need to be aware that everything and everyone in our life that is hurting us is showing us an aspect of ourselves that we haven't found acknowledged and healed yet. 
And that is the why this has happened to us. That's what we need to look at. There are many powerful healing reflections we can understand from the narcissist's insatiable need for narcissistic supply, which is all generated from the urge to get outer approval and validation of self. It's very empowering to take responsibility for where we matched up to this. Where were we struggling to confirm, accept and love self? What levels of deficient, unconditional love did we have for ourselves? Where were we making our sense of self and our worthiness reliant on other people seeing and validating our worth for us? Instead of having established that by meeting ourselves between our inner being and us. I did a healing with a lovely NARP member yesterday and her deep beliefs that appeared that we were shifting in the healing session were my survival relies on other people's approval. And it's really interesting because when I wrote this article for the radio show, I've actually had two other people with the exact same belief systems in healing sessions today. And both of them I know are going to be listening to this show. You'll recognize who you are. Now, this particular lady that I'm talking about from yesterday's session, she's not a narcissist. She has a conscience. She does not purposefully manipulate or lie. She hasn't sold her soul. She would never knowingly hurt anyone. Yet, of course, she has hurt herself many times. She has suffered feelings of emotional powerlessness when people haven't approved of her. And she has hung on for crumbs with abusers. She has said yes so many times and handed her personal power over when... No would have been self-loving and self-honoring. She has also struggled with addictions to try and ease her pain of this personal powerlessness. Now, I played out all of this myself, absolutely, before my own self-reflection and up-leveling. So, can you see the direct match-up? I've actually never, ever worked with the thousands of people that I've worked with in recovery from narcissistic abuse and not found similar beliefs that are all about trying to get validation and worth from outside of ourselves and never having cemented that or healed that inside of ourselves. Now this lovely lady simply learning about narcissists would never be her answer. And she's now coming out of her second relationship, which many of us did. And she knew all there was to know about narcissists after her first narcissistic relationship. She's been a girl who's done a lot of research. Now, learning all about that was no antidote. Healing her inner wounds, preventing her from being a match to narcissists is. And fortunately, that is her deep committed inner work that she's determined to do now. She's had enough of the pain being delivered of not being conscious. And she's had enough of the continual cycle of her faulty, painful inner, inner beliefs generating with life 
the validity of those beliefs. And that's how powerful our subconscious is. Those 40 million bits of processing per second are running Experts believe, such as Bruce Lipton, a renowned neuroscientist, it is running 95% of our life on autopilot. It is creating, manifesting, organizing and attracting all of the situations that will prove the validity of those painful, faulty inner beliefs. Our inner emotional belief systems play out to the letter until we make the unconscious conscious and we heal those inner belief systems. And this client and I, we had a very interesting conversation last night at the end of the session about unconsciousness. And she acknowledged that she had always felt like this since she could remember. And what this means is she's never known any different. The anxiety was always there. The precarious self-loathing when people didn't approve of her was always there or if they didn't grant her feedback that made her feel valued. And that powerlessness of clinging on to try to make abusive people grant her her worthiness has been there her entire life since a child. And then came her total understanding that while all of that unconsciously was playing out, her mind, her logical mind was trying to kick in to manage it, to try and organize around it. And her mind was looking outwards and creating stories. And these stories go like this. I'm really upset with the way you treated me. Or why do other people get chosen and I don't? Or I know you're horrible to me, yet I still want you to acknowledge me, love me and look after me. And that's the mind looking outwards trying to get and cling to resolution or find resolution. And the mind never does. And you've probably experienced that. That you can go over and over the same torments in your mind a thousand times and you never get resolution. The mind just does not have the power to give you resolution. So in other words, if we remain unconscious, we all fall into the dire illusion and it's the hugest illusion of mankind stopping us evolving. This illusion is that it is the outside creating my pain. And it's a totally false premise because it's the inner faulty belief system that is responsible that is lining up all the catalytic people and situations to confirm the truth of the belief. Life and others are simply players playing out the scenes that creates the truth of the belief. And my client, before the healing session last night, she was going to approach her boss about the dismissive treatment that happened, that just recently happened to her. And just like she'd been confront, confronting the latest narcissist about his treatment of her. Now, fortunately, now she understands that her true solution is not about trying to change or fix them. It's actually about her healing her painful inner belief system because her emancipation was always about meeting herself, her inner being. The truth is this. The battle that we are doing 
in this community is not a war against narcissism. It's a war, in inverted commas, it's a proactive movement. It's actually not a war. Okay, because when we have a war, we push back against something unwanted and all we do is fire it up and energize to push back harder. That's never how you create change. How you create change is to create a proactive movement, a solution. And the solution is to up-level consciousness. Now, narcissists are pathologically, terminally unconscious. The narcissist has no ability to go inwards, face and deal with original wounds and up-level the very reasons as to why he or she projects inner wounds onto others and blames people for them. And the narcissist is not going to face and heal the, and break the vicious self-defeating cycle of trying to gain validation of self from the outside. The narcissist is not going to do that. We will never force the narcissist to take responsibility for his or her inner wounds. We actually have no power to and we actually have no right to because they're not our wounds. The only responsibility and right we have and the only power we have is our own wounds. And that's the same for everybody. And we will never protect people by having them focus on narcissists. You'll never protect yourself and you'll never protect anybody else. The only remedy we ever have is to heal our own unconsciousness so that we will never again be a match for another unconscious person or situation. And when enough people do that, narcissists will no longer be able to groom the outside for supply. Conscious people simply do not get picked off by energetic predators. It is a complete and utter falsity that a conscious person can get taken by a narcissist. It is an energetic total quantum physics impossibility so something we all need to deeply understand is that the more energy and focus that we grant to narcissists and we remove from ourselves and we don't take responsibility and we put it solely on narcissists exposing them getting energy out about them educating people about them all we are doing is collectively and individually feeding them so they exist. You need to understand that. The more you focus on pushback on something, the more you grant it life force, the more you make it a bigger problem. And if we do this, it enables narcissists to exist. Detaching fully and putting our energy fully into the up-leveling of our own consciousness starves narcissists of energy and without outside energy they can't exist so the true healing solution is about raising consciousness and if everybody took responsibility for that one person at a time we would not have abuse and abused 
And that's the only way we're going to change our world from an abuse-abuse dynamic. So that's it for the radio show. This is going up in a blog article today. And as always, I look forward to your comments and questions and I will reply to all of them. So until next week, everybody, lots of love. Bye-bye.